Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman, and I have a very special guest with me today, my daughter, Samantha Faith. How are you doing, Samantha? Good. Why are you here today? Because it's Valentine's, our Valentine's Day Riot Podcast. Yes, our Valentine's Day Riot Podcast. And as always, I have alongside of me Mac Daddy Pete Robertson. What's up? How are you? I'm so I'm so blessed, Sammy. That was awesome. That's awesome that yeah. you're with us today. But you know what? Samantha is not the only one with us today, Pete. We have a couple very, very special we guests. We do? We're going to do a special marriage show today. We are? We are. And oh, I thought, my. Pete. If we're going to do a marriage show, we should probably bring out our wives. Oh, my gosh. You know what? You're a genius. See? See? <laughs> Sammy's been saying that. So I would first like to introduce my beautiful wife of almost 20 years. Can you believe that, Sammy? No. 20 years I've been with mommy. Still, so what an honor it is to have you on the show today. We've been uh, hoping we'd get you on the show one day. And here it is. And Samantha, can you help me with something? Do you know yeah. what's coming up in, in in like four days? Valentine's Day. And what else? Mama's birthday. Mama's oh, birthday. Yeah. That's right. So my beautiful wife turning twenty nine. Born. Yes, yeah, she'll be twenty nine <laughs> again, and she was born on Valentine's Day. So very cool. So welcome, Crystal. We are so glad that you are here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to finally be here. <laughs> that's exciting. So awesome. though, Valentine's Day to so, have a birthday, right? Yeah, that's really cool. That's Except a, for it's really tough to take her out for birthday dinner. Well, Valentine's <laughs> a lot better than having on Christmas Day. Sorry to all you that were born on Christmas Day. I much better have been born on Valentine's. Yeah, I, I think that's probably true. That's probably true. Well, I'll let you introduce our other our other guest today, Pete. Well, well you know, the world-renowned uh, producer of all times, <laughs> my wife, Christine. So excited that you're here. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. You're so cute. And look at you with all your glasses on and everything. I can't see you. See, I, can't, I, can't see that. I have to look like that. I can see you now. Hey, what did we do? A, I look like grandma. What do we do? A uh, a like a newlywed or a kind of a whatever type show. Do you want to do something like that? We should ask some questions. Yeah, you want to do but that? But I think Sammy wanted to do something first before she did. She oh, she out. did? All right, yeah. what was that? Sammy, was there something you wanted to do before you left? Oh. Sing happy birthday. Sing happy birthday to somebody. Oh, yeah. All right, let's, let's do, do it. it. Let's sing happy birthday to mama. Do it. Happy birthday to you, mama. Happy birthday to you, mama. Happy birthday, dear Crystal. May the Lord bless you. Listeners that are listening, they're That's probably right. singing along with us. Aww. That's so awesome. You'll get your happy birthday. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> that was awesome to have you on the show. Yes, it was. All right. Thanks, Sammy. Thanks again. We love Bye. you. She loves well, we the camera. Can you tell? She loves <laughs> the camera. The little thing. She's going to be starring in her school play here in yeah. three weeks, too. She's uh, she's very, very excited. So if you're in the Orlando area, buy your tickets now. Right? That's right. <laughs> Before they sell out. They, and they will sell out. I guarantee mm -hmm. it. Yes, yes. I guarantee it. So, yeah, we're going to play uh, 
the newlywed game or the Christine version of the newlywed game? Whatever. Let's just do it. I'm a little worried about this. I'm excited. I'm excited. excited. Let's do it. Pete's probably already seen the questions. No, let's just do it. Christine and I are like, uh oh, what's this going to, what's going to happen here? Wait, is this a competition? Should we have answers for everything? The only questions I, I, I reviewed them quickly, but I did not look at them like per se. Christine's the only one, but the ones that I did next are the, the, the questions that we probably shouldn't be asking on the air. So I did get rid of those. Are there some like discolored ones or? Oh, no, they were like sexual little, or whatever. Yeah, well, yeah. That's what I meant. I mean, yeah. a little off. Uh, yeah, yeah. I got rid of those. The, off the PG. Yeah, we're not going to go that way. Okay, up. thank you. Yeah, it would have been you. funny on some of them because they were like PG, but sure. Been, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Hey, yeah, we're not going to go. All, All right. right. First question being that um, the two guys have had COVID. Who's the bigger baby when you're sick? Him <laughs> between, or her? Between me and Pete? Between, no. <laughs> between you and Crystal. Oh, that's easy. And you have to explain why. I'm the bigger baby. Crystal's tough. She doesn't, she's, yeah. She takes good care of me when I'm sick. Yeah, I'm bi- by far the biggest baby. Why? Why are you babies? I, I get really emotional. I'm a sentimental man. I, I, yeah, I need love. Just talk to me. Give me, give me attention. Mom, <laughs> hold me. I don't, that's just it. I don't oh, know. Mercy. It is what it is. All right. Yeah. Bob and Crystal, who cries more over a movie? He or she? Ooh, more? I don't know. It's pretty close. I mean, I would say if you had to pick more, it'd probably be me. But it's one of the things I've always liked about Bob is he is not afraid to let a tear flow if the moment just is right. One? <laughs> uh, yeah, I am. Um, I I cry at movies. I just do. I don't know. I, it's it's empathy. I think is what it is. My my spiritual gift of empathy comes through in movies, and I don't know. You answer me. Yeah. Oh. I would say. I think we're almost pretty equal, but you do more so. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's so. Except so you're a crybaby and a crybaby. It's the big burly guy was, that comes out of you. I was at a uh, I was at a movie with another dude, Lino. We've talked Lino. about him on the show before. <laughs> Lino, and, shout out to Lino. And I'm sitting there watching this movie, and I just started crying. And I looked over at him, and he's crying. And like, I don't care. It was Top Gun. It's two. <laughs> it's two dudes. We're two dudes crying. And I, Juice. I am not. I'm not ashamed of crying. Oh, okay. I'm fine. All right. Pete. Yes. Your spouse asks you to get fast food for dinner. Where do you stop? I don't know. We don't do fast food. Um, Bole. Chick-fil-A. Nobody's even going to know what Bole is. (laughs) Yeah. Outside of Orlando. Yeah. I'll just say that. What do you think? What would you say about me? Same thing, right? No. What? Don Julio's. Well, that's, that's not a fast, fast food. food. Fast yes, food. it is. No. You order to go and it's you pick it up and go. Which is a Mexican restaurant. Yes. Mexican. But we Anything don't do that's just we don't do fast order. food per se, though. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, what about you guys? Um, probably Chick-fil-A. Yeah. yeah, probably the most. That's kind often. of our go to <laughs> when we need something quick. All right. That's a hard question. Yeah, I can't answer that because we don't do fast food. We what you're in the fast mood food for. way too yeah. much. <laughs> All right. Go for it. All right. Bob and Crystal. Oh, does your spouse have a catchphrase? If so, what is it? Man, that's a hard one, too. That wow. is a hard one. Yeah, I'm like catchphrase racking my brain here. I, I can't think like there is no fair. There is no fair. 
<laughs> I don't know. It just came to my head. I know you say that a lot, but yeah, that's a good one. That's good one. There that's is good. no fair. There's only right and wrong. There is no fair. <laughs> um, no, I don't think Crystal really has a catchphrase, but she she has oh. a she has a heavy sigh. Oh. So if she doesn't like something, you get a heavy sigh. My wife does that too. Yep. <laughs> yep. You know, deep breath, and th- you don't even have to ask. Is something wrong? Because something wrong. <laughs> Oh, if she man. wants if she wants to get my attention or she wants me to know that she's not happy there's a heavy sigh see, the thing is it doesn't happen on purpose though it just kind of comes it's out it's a reflex it's a little a bit reflex. a little bit but, that's what yeah. she, that's what my wife says too. i don't consciously think oh let me get bob's attention no i just yeah anyway <laughs> then mine would be i'm just breathing yeah, that's what you would always say. I'm just, I'm just breathing. breathing. No, you're breathing deeply. Exasperating. <laughs> what is ours? What is yours? Yeah. Um, totally drawing a blank, but Did I had it earlier. You had something? Yes. I say something? Yes. What is it? Um, I want to know. Be blessed. I do that a lot. I say that a lot. Something. Or you just introduce yourself. Uh, this is Mac. 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 Pete, Pete. I'm a preacher and what, see what the reason why Christ Jews. Yeah, I say talk at you later. Talk at you later. I say thrive in your moment a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you got a bunch of them. Yeah. Man, you should write another book. All right. I'm thinking of, I am. Actually. All right. All right, next. Crystal, mm. who was your spouse's celebrity crush? Well, the first one that comes to mind that hopefully my memory serves me well, but is Meg Ryan. Ding 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 ding. <laughs> From the Top Gun, Gun era. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Top Gun. That's right. Put it on crystals. Oh, I know crystals. Yeah. That was Kelly McGill. McGill. Guinness, not Meg Ryan. And Meg Top Ryan. And and Top Gun. Yeah. That that time period She's of Meg Ryan. Wife. Oh, that's, oh, that's right. Yes. Oh, look at that. you. It's a little known yeah. part of hers, was, but... Nobody knew who she was back then. Oh, that's mm-hmm. right. Wow. Yeah, Meg Ryan. I had, a, I had a huge crush on Meg Ryan. Wow. Well, I know Crystal's celebrity crush what? would be Mark Wahlberg. Mark. Marky Mark. Yeah, he's still a good-looking still? dude. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good-looking dude. Not going to lie. All I right. would probably lose her to Marky Mark even ah, today. Yeah. Come on now. Oh. You know better than that. He doesn't love Jesus like you. That's right. But, well, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't does. say that's right. See? I don't know. See? But she doesn't know. She from what I observed, Bob knows <laughs> he doesn't have to worry about anything. That's right. <laughs> All right, wife, go for it. Yours? Yeah, you know. It's, uh, I don't know her name. Elizabeth Shue. Elizabeth Shue. Oh, yeah, that would not have been a wrong answer. Adventures in Babysitting. That would yes. not have been a wrong answer. That was either. a good movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And good then I, she's very, very cute. Yours is Ralph Machio. Machio. Ah, yeah. Karate Kid. Yeah. yeah. All right. Watch next. that movie 13 times, part two, <laughs> by the way. The first one or? No, part two. All together. The second oh, okay. one. If she yeah. ever dreamed about a guy, it would have been him. It would have been oh, him. Man. Oh, man. All right. All right. Uh, Pete. Yes. What is your spouse's favorite holiday? I don't know. Do you have a favorite holiday? <laughs> Valentine's? Oh. I don't Christmas? Yes. Okay. <laughs> You'll just keep guessing until he gets What is mine then? What is yours? I don't, good. You don't, I don't know. You know <laughs> Easter. <laughs> okay. Because it's all about Jesus. Is that why? Resurrection? I like, I like uh, a holiday that I don't have to work. I like all those. Can you please tell me what holiday that is? Because I don't think I've experienced that. Fourth of July? No kidding. We work too much, don't we? All right. Yeah. What's yours? My Crystal's favorite holiday? Yeah. Um, for Valentine's Day. 
I mean, it kind of has to be. It's, it's my birthday. birthday. She gets. <laughs> mm. What about and she likes purple and roses and hearts and all that stuff. all that stuff? Yeah, purple yep. is your favorite You're color, right? right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I knew that. Oh, that's good. I don't, man. I would say it's between two <sighs> that come to mind. Between Christmas and Fourth of July, probably Christmas. Yeah, probably Christmas. But Fourth of July is a close. But I, I think I have better childhood memories from the Fourth of July. Yeah, that's yeah. what that's what made me think of it. And then we've tried to do stuff that's around really Fourth of and July and Thanksgiving. Too. Yeah, that's a good one too. <laughs> Can't go wrong. Can't go All wrong right. with any of those. This is a funny one. Got a tough one. Oh, Very funny! That's a funny one. All right. Or should I do the women first? This, yeah, let's do the women first. Okay. Bob, Uh-oh. if your partner could be compared to a cereal, oh, what boy. would it be? Fruit Loops, Lucky Charms, Honey Bunches of Oats, Rice Krispies, or Cocoa Puffs? Well, that's a lot of choices. <laughs> or another one, if we can think of. I'm going to go with Lucky Charms, because that was the first thing that came to mind. Why? Just sweet and lots of marshmallows. and I don't know. <laughs> Oh, you know what her favorite she loves those peeps like the marshmallow peeps. peeps so that's why i was thinking marshmallows before you gave the possible You're answers not. i was already thinking i, would I was say already thinking lucky charms. honey honey oat uh, nuts uh, honey, honey oats about honey oats. bunches of oats yeah that one <laughs> because i see you as a big oak oak oat no that's not oh, that's uh i see you i because i call you honey there you go <laughs> there you go <laughs> Wow, stop Back digging. it up there. Stop and I have a lot of bunches. <laughs> yeah. This may be the last riot podcast. <laughs> Crystal, mm-hmm. there's one piece of Thanksgiving pie left. Who gets it? You or him? And which kind of pie? I was going to say, it depends on what kind of pie. If it's pumpkin pie, Bob all the, t- all the way. But for breakfast the next day. Breakfast. Right. He usually doesn't eat it for dessert, but he'll eat pumpkin pie for breakfast. I would do that <laughs> for a week. Yes. I'll do it for me. It's cream cheese pie. It's a pie I make, so which is really. <laughs> I good would take the last it. one, and he doesn't really eat it, so it's too sweet for him. Eat? Uh, I don't know. At me, you. It just depends on the. The day. last piece of pie. <laughs> oh, you would say me. I uh, yeah, I'd most definitely. <laughs> you would say me. Say you. <laughs> Absolutely. She had the answer on that one. <laughs> Uh, all right. Any kind of pie right would be you. All right, let's do one more. All right. Um, Last one. Make it the best one. What is one trait you value the most in your spouse and why? Can I answer first? Yeah. Sure. Uh, loyalty. Loyalty. And why? 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 I just, I, I know I never have to worry about my, my wife straying. I mean, she's, uh, uh, she's loyal and dedicated to me. And it just, it's, it's just nice to have that peace of mind. Mm. All right, Christine, you're up <laughs> for you. Yeah. There's but... so many, yeah. but I would say your faithfulness. Yeah. Yeah. But because one of your faith in Christ, and that's the whole reason why I'm here and you're here. And two, despite the odds and the struggles and situations we've been through you've always been faithful and mm. remain faithful mm. i would say stability for you 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 create the foundation for this household in a way it's like this household does not operate without your Aww. stability huh. so i would Thanks. definitely i mean you're just constant yeah all right crystal okay uh i think it's it's you have servant heart yes like he's just always willing to do what's yes. needed for me and then of course for sammy too these last 10 years we've had her and 
just always uh, looking for those ways to to go to to do nice things and to to be that positive. I I concur on that one. (laughs) Big time servant heart for sure. Thank you, honey. Oh, you're welcome. All right, so let's do this. So let's change up. So the show again today's show the the title is going to be secrets to stay married when things are difficult. As uh, it was too hard, but Bob wanted us to change it to difficult. So, th- secrets to stay in married when things are difficult. And um, I, I know that there's a lot of people out there. We're going to pray here in a second, Bob. But I know there's a lot of people out there that um, their marriage is struggling a little bit, and there there's there's things that are a little bit tight. And so, what would a Valentine's show be without us helping people that are in a marriage that is struggling a little bit? And let's help get you through that. And it's going to take it's going to take us as a person to really look hard at ourselves. But it's going to it's going to we're going to ask you to humble yourself. And so you might uh, be pointing a finger at your spouse. You might be, um, you know, have all the reasons why your spouse is wrong. Hmm. But we're going to ask you to humble yourself and really hear what we're going to say. And I and I truly know because I have a life testimony to this. Our marriage is a testimony that if you listen or hear what we're going to say, there can be healing in your marriage and there can be there can be restoration through that. But before we start that, Bobby, I want to go ahead and open us yeah. in prayer and then do the opening statement for yeah. us. Awesome. Father, we just uh, we thank you. We love you. We uh, we just ask that you would be with the show today, that you would be with uh, the, just the topics that we talk about, Lord, that you would give us wisdom as we speak and as we share experiences and and uh, insight that uh, you've given us, Lord. I pray that it would just make a difference in somebody's life out there, Lord. We, we're so grateful for the people that listen to this show, and we just pray that uh, we can make a difference um, just by just opening up this topic of, of marriage. And uh, we know there's people out there hurting. We know there's we know there's marriages that are struggling, Lord, and we just pray that that you can use this podcast today to just help out some of those people that are dealing with those issues, Lord. So we give you the show now. We love you. We thank you in Jesus name. Amen. 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 And, all right, and as Pete said, the show title is Secrets to Staying Married When Things Are Difficult. Getting married is a lot like starting a new career or anything else that is a major change on our in our life. It's relatively easy in the beginning, but almost guaranteed to be a challenge for the long term if it's neglected. The worst case scenario being you simply stop trying. On today's show, we want to share with you some of the most important applications that can lead to a successful marriage. This show is for both the married and the un- and unmarried alike. We will give practical tools that, if practiced, will help your current marriage or future marriage move forward in the right direction. We believe that these key points that we are going to share will help your relationship move forward in a positive direction. Yeah. One of the things that um, I know for a fact is Satan desires to destroy the marriage. And if he can get us focusing on each other and how angry we are at each other, then it keeps our eyes focused on our main mission. And, and God has called us to go into the world and to share the truth and to love others and to elevate others and to, and to continue to bring the kingdom of God and move that forward. Number one way that Satan gets us to stops us from doing that is when we are focused on our own selfish desires. Mm-hmm. And, and if we are so busy and worried about how I feel or what I think versus um, humbling myself and elevating my spouse and listening to my spouse and adjusting my life so that there's harmony within the marriage, 
then Satan wins. And so we have to understand that. So, so right out of the gate, before we get into our first point, but right out of the gate, we have to get this big picture. If, if you're struggling in your marriage, and if you're going through hardship right now, know that it's Satan, know that it's a demonic presence. It's a evil force that's coming against it. If you're, if you're angry, if you're upset, if you're hurt, if you're, you're in pain, it's, it's due to either sin or something that of that nature that is causing that. And it is completely opposite of what God wants, God desires, God hopes or for our marriage. And so that's where we're going with this. So we're going to tackle that um, with that understanding. And so let's just go into the first st- uh, statement because we got a lot to cover today. And then we'll get, we'll start talking about it. Okay. All the right. first thing we can do in our marriage is to admit you are powerless over your spouse. All right. But have you sought and tried to change things about your spouse that annoy or bother you or to change those things about your spouse, things that are considered undesirable? Have you been successful? The first step to helping your marriage when things are hard is admitting you cannot manage your spouse or marital struggle on your own. This means you must come to the point where you recognize the ineffectiveness of your attempts to change you and your spouse faults and great uh, and character defects. So let's talk about some things in our lives where we try to um, control our spouses or we, you know, we, you know, we felt like we have power over our spouse. Any other stories that you want to bring up? Christine, you want to start it? Um, well, let's say when we first got married, uh, you know, when you first get married, it's all butterflies and roses until you get to know the person. And it's like, oh man, I didn't realize that. I don't like that. I want that to change. And um, the first 10 years was a big learning curve. Actually, you thought that you made a mistake in marrying me after our first year, right? Yeah, I did. I'm like, I made a big oops and now I got to live with it. And, um, literally, literally, (laughs) and there are a lot of things that, uh, I didn't see, obviously when you're in love and you have the butterflies, you're blinded to things that you don't see, but, uh, it caused frustration. It caused aggravation. Um, I would compare him, um, to one of my friend's husband's and say, well, why don't you do this? Why can't you do that? Why aren't you like this? Why aren't you Hmm. like that? And I learned the hard way. That's not what you do. Um, That's not how you get someone to change um, first off. And second off, it it causes problems, (laughs) big ones. And I learned um, at that time, the importance of praying for my husband, because I was given a book um, called The Power of a Praying Wife by Stormy or Mountain or Martin, sorry. Um, And it was through that book that it taught me that I had to let go of those things and just start praying for them, just start praying them over my husband. And um, Matthew 6, 6 says, but when But you, when you pray, go into your room and when you have shut your door, pray to your father who's in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So I had the Lord said, you need to pray for him. These are things that I need to work on him and not only him, but you as well so that you can see him through my eyes and my lenses. So what I saw was I saw from my perspective, I saw a very stubborn 
woman. She was set in her ways. She was very strong-willed, extremely strong-willed. And I looked at that and I was extremely frustrated. I had mommy issues. And so I compared her to my mom and my mom is very authoritative. And so when I looked at her, I was like, okay, I'm not going to, this is not going to happen. I'm not going to have this woman talk over me and whatever. So I was coming. So what she was saying is what she was experiencing from me and what she was experiencing from me was me trying to control her. I was trying to create her into my own image. I was not trying to uh, create her into the image of God. I was trying to create her into my image. I wanted her to act the way that I wanted her to act. I wanted her to do the things that I wanted her to do. And so I was not, I was not elevating her. I was trying to control her because I did not see her um, the way that Christ saw her. And so that would be our story. So I had to come to terms with, and again, like she said, 10 years, I had to come to terms with, I can't control this woman. I mean, I'm, I'm just beating a dead horse. She's just constantly coming back at me, whatever. So I too had to do what Christine did. I had to deliver her to God in prayer and I had to let it go. And I still struggle with this to this day. I still work this out with her. And so, yeah, so that's kind of our story. Any thoughts with you guys? Anything? No, Crystal's perfect. I don't have no, no come on. <laughs> you said something off from the beginning, Pete, right at the beginning, you, you talked about humility and, you know, that that's not what the world teaches us. The world teaches us to, you know, you know, he who dies with the most toys and get, you know, just your happiness is the only thing that matters. Go get, you know, go get yours and stuff like that. And that doesn't work real well in a marriage, you know, and Christine, you were talking about the butterflies and, you know, the, you know, the warm, fuzzy feelings of, of young love. Right. Yeah. And I think too many of us think that that's what love is. That love is this, you know, this, this warm, fuzzy feeling. And it's it, love. It, it's not, it's, I've heard it said many times that love is a verb, right? It, it's, it's something you do every day and you choose to do, and you choose to put somebody above yourself and lift somebody and, and lift somebody up. So uh, I don't think we did a very good, or I know I didn't do a very good job of this. At least again, you, you guys talk about 10 years. I think it was about the same for us. Um, you know, and I think Sammy coming into our lives was definitely a wake up call for us where we certainly didn't have Christ in the center of our marriage. You know, I'm not, you know, sure we invited him to our marriage or to our wedding, but I'm not sure we invited him to our marriage. And uh, in the last 10 years that there's been a drastic change. And in that, I, I, I've seen a drastic change in our in our marriage. And it's, it's just a more beautiful place. It's a more comforting place. It's a, it's a more life-giving place. And it's because we've allowed Jesus to be in the middle of our marriage. Tell me where I'm wrong, Chris. No, <laughs> I would say you're right. I mean, you know, I can say that we were both brought up with the church, you know, before college really. And, but, you know, I knew for me, I, I went to high school, went to college, and then I met you at college. So it's like, it kind of just fell away in college of going to church and being involved. I was really involved in high school with different things in the church. And so then falling off of that for a while. And like you said, the catalyst of Sammy and, and her whole story of the things we went through with that obviously brought us back to that. I would say, you know, I've really kind of learned these last five or six years is, was what comes to my mind of, of the whole praying thing. Like, you know, you can't change any, anyone. And I know that intellectually I've known that for a while, but it's just, you know, seeing it in action of praying for just eyes to be opened or for him, you know, for a certain someone to, you know, kind of see what you're feeling or have the right words to say so that, cause I know one of the things I do is not 
say things when I'm maybe not happy or something's not quite right. I just kind of keep it bottled up a little bit. So it's like being able to say things in a, in a good way and not necessarily like defensive way or coming at you at the wrong time. So just using prayer to help with all of those pieces has really opened my eyes these last, last few years. So, yeah. So, I mean, the application in this is this, I mean, do we trust our spouse with what do we trust God with our spouse? And, and, you know, it's, it's one thing to say it out loud, but it really is another thing to really shut your mouth, quiet your heart and your spirit and take it before the Lord. Because we as spouses, the reason why we have the division and the issues is we, we are constantly trying to fix each other. We're constantly trying to assert our will over on upon them. And we want them to be submissive to us. And so we have to just really start learning to <clears throat> watch what we say, um, what we say matters. And if we are going to be speaking to our spouse, it should be the same way that we would be speaking to our best friend, to our pastor, to whoever else that's in our life that has influence and, 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 and elevate them and love them. And it's hard and we're, 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 not, we're not coming to you here on, on the podcast and saying, hey, we got it together. We don't. Um, but we understand that when we do do this for Christine and I, this has changed us when I've shut my mouth and bit my tongue. And there's, I'm telling you a lot that I do. And she does the exact same thing. It's, it's caused us to have harmony. And so you have to admit that you're powerless over your spouse. It's not you that's changing them. It's gotta be God. And if you're not bringing them before God, then you're, uh, you're basically trying to do it on your own and it's not going to happen. All right. So let's move on to the second one. Yeah, I think we've talked about this a lot already. The yeah. second thing we must do for our spouse daily is pray for them. You know, begin to pray every day for your spouse. Believe in God for a miracle in your marriage. Um, Psalm 77, 14 says, you are the God who performs miracles. I love that. The Bible makes it clear that God wants people to stay married. We need to expect the God to supernaturally intervene in our circumstances. Unbelief and fear paralyzes us and causes us to believe our problems are too big for God. We need to believe that God can still move mountains. Jesus said, according to your faith, it will be done in Matthew 9, 29. I, I mean, it, I love the statement, believe in God for a miracle in your marriage. Yeah. I mean, bottom line. And I think that I think that marriages go on sometimes in a rut for a long time. And I believe that, you know, I'm praying for my husband because he's an alcoholic and I've been praying for 15 years and he's still an alcoholic. He hasn't changed. Or I've been praying for my wife because she's been hiding, you know, uh, you know, and buying things without letting me know. And she's spending money behind my back all the time. Or, you know, I'm praying for my wife, you know, whatever it is. And you're just constantly praying and just nothing's happened. But, but this is, this is what, it, what, what's happening. Number one is you're being obedient to the Lord by praying and surrendering. And, and so that is setting you free. So that, that is, that is the first step. And the second step is hopefully you're also asking God to help open your eyes to be able to see your spouse the way that he sees them. And so if that is taking place, I promise you transformation has taken place. It's, it might not be at what you're thinking because you're still trying to control them. You're still trying. You're not admitting that you need to be you're powerless over the marriage. But but I promise you things are happening if you are praying because God desires that prayer. And so bottom line, any thoughts? Yeah. You, you know what I've noticed, Pete, when, when I pray for Crystal, I. 
I don't have that desire to be right. You know, <laughs> I don't have to win anymore. You know, it's so that that kind of eliminates that because it, I think it changes your mindset. Yeah. Tolly, do you have a you talk about um, the time that I was out of control and you went to <laughs> prayer? Again, through that that book and a, a wise mentor woman of um, mine uh, being so young and newly married, um, basically said that I need to take everything to the Lord into the Lord in the closet and, and pray. I'm like, well, okay, well, how, how do I pray? What do I pray for him? And, um, she taught me specifically to pray verses over my husband, be specific in what you are praying for, what your heart's desire is, uh, for your husband. I'm like, okay, well teach me. And, um, she had given me this little prayer book from Stormy O. Martin, which has a bunch of titled prayers, but it's specific with verses tied into it. So over the years, I've used that to, to take out some of those specific prayers, like for finances or for struggles, or, you know, they're just kind of categorized like that. But the more I'd done that, the more um, scripture that I get into my own heart, so that I can specifically pray not only for him, but for other people. So for instance, um, I would pray something like this. I pray, Lord, that Pete would commit his work unto you so that your plan would be established in our lives. That's Proverbs 16, 3. Lord, that his mind is set only on the things which are above and not of this earth, which is Colossians 3, 2. Lord, I ask that he thinks on whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's just, whatever's pure and lovely and commendable, which is Philippians 4, 8. Lord, that you would protect him from the wiles of the devil and give him a clean and contrite heart, which is Psalms 51, 17. So the more, I mean, we know our spouse's best. We know our struggles. We know our faults. We know the things that irritate us about our spouse. So why not say, Lord, have your way within it. Here's some scripture that I've found in regards to this. And it not only gets me in the scripture to find out what he says about it, but it then relinquishes me from controlling him and having him to change in those things. And it's God's purpose now in his life. It's like, I'm not in control of it anymore. He's yours. You take him, you handle it according to your will, be nice about it sometimes, but if you have to, you can, you know, spank him a little just to get him. <laughs> good stuff. Yeah. You're, there's a book out by power of a praying husband as well by stormy. But, but again, I think that's, that alludes to the key of what we're talking about is, you know, in our, in our, in our lives. And I, and I confess to this, I don't pray for you enough, my love. And, and I, and I know I pray for you daily, but I, I need to pray that way. And, and truthfully, you know, if we are, if we want to have a, a, a healthy marriage, we should constantly be praying and elevating our spouses that way. And so I, that's, that's really the key. So uh, Bob, you have a, going to read statement three and then uh, Crystal, you want to get a statement four? Yeah. Statement three, um, James five sixteen teaches us that the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and wonderful results. Do you want to exert great power upon your spouse's heart and mind? Yes. I know I do. <laughs> if so, then pray for your spouse. Keep asking God to work in your spouse and to touch your spouse's heart, to soften the hardness and to break Satan's binding power in his or her life. And also in your own life, 
to open your eyes to those same things. That's exactly what we talked about earlier. I mean, it's, it's like, you don't, you don't look at you praying as a, a, a def, you know, don't don't get into that negative, whatever. Stay positive. Understand yeah. that God is at work in your life, in your eyes. And also he's at work behind the scenes that you don't see. Mm-hmm. What does be the statement for? Pray and pray without ceasing. First Thessalonians 517. Never give up. Don't get discouraged if you don't see immediate results. Remember, God works according to his timing and not ours and in his ways and not ours. Mm. You must simply do your part and leave the rest to him. Amen. That goes back to our first statement. We have to understand and trust God with our spouse. That's it. And so through prayer, that's what we're doing. We're being obedient. Charles Spurgeon said, um, if you believe in prayer at all, expect God to hear you. If you don't expect, you will not have. God will not hear you unless you believe he will hear you. But if you believe he will, he will be as good as your faith. Isn't that good? That's really That's good. like a mic drop right there. <laughs> Charles Spurgeon had it going on. All right, let's move on to our next one. That's awesome. All right. Next, uh, the next thing we can do is adjust our expectations. All right. Most marriages encounter problems and conflicts sooner or later. Some marital problems and conflicts can be anticipated and avoided. Others cannot be foreseen and must be dealt with and resolved as they come. This takes the effort of both partners. Marital problems are complex and there are no easy answers or quick solutions for most of them. If they have been occurring over a long period of time, the relationship may be at a point of crisis. A marriage in crisis is very painful to go through, but that does not mean the relationship should be ended. Relationship struggles often reveal that there are some things that we have not understood about our partner and vice versa. These things often reflect a stockpile of unmet needs or hurts that have occurred. They may indicate areas of neglect, misunderstanding, and differences. In unhappy relationships, the root cause of unhappiness is a lack of unconditional love and acceptance. Controlling, demanding, and unrealistic expectations are just symptoms of that case cause. When we stop seeing marriage as an obligation for our partner to fill our expectations and instead see it as an opportunity to learn to truly accept our spouse for who he or she is, we take a major step in seeing our marriage become happy and and fulfilling. Wow. Any thoughts, guys, on all that? Uh, I love the first part of of the last statement you made. When we stop seeing marriage as an obligation for our partner to fulfill our expectations. Yeah. Anything in your marriage that you can think of where you expected things from your wife and they didn't fulfill or come through anything like that? I'll share one. Do you have one, Chris? No, I have something, but you can go. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, let's, I mean, I'm just, I just, something that popped in my brain. So Christine is in charge of our, our finances and money. I'm not trying to throw her under the bus. I'm just going to use it as an example. And back in the early days, we had uh, she we had our whole accounting team. We had a CPA team that was there, but she was the final person that oversaw everything. And we were dealing in millions of dollars. And uh, there were times where, for whatever reason, she left out forty thousand dollars here, or she left out—I mean, not small amount, a large amount of money. And, um, and she, and I would just lose it. I would be like, what in the world is going on? I was, I was expecting her to be perfect and to fulfill everything. 
So what I had to learn over the time, and that was something that I had to really change quick because that was going to really cause us to be at each other's throats. Anytime you're dealing with money in a relationship, that is not good. I wanted to quit often. <laughs> so, so what I learned, and again, what I learned is this, and I, and I, I really have come to terms with this. If a mistake happens within the relationship, if something happens where you expected them to do something, I always look at it this way. If God wanted them to remember, then they would have remembered. And if he didn't, every in every circumstance is an opportunity to bring glory to God. So God is still in the midst of this, and we could still see things from his perspective, and we can adjust our lives according to whatever it is that he desires in the midst of this lack of expectation. You know, if that, that even makes sense. So in the case with that, this has happened move, moving forward. This has happened before. And I just looked at it and said, all right, well, well, God's in control. He knows. And uh, what is it, Lord, that you want us to do? This happened and, and that's it. And you move on. And, and literally, I've been set free from that. And, and I had to be set free from that because that was one of those things that I expected from my spouse to be. And I had to let that go. I had to trust God with my spouse. I had to let go of that stuff. Any thoughts that you guys have? Another one? Or do you want me to give you another example? I got many. Oh, Christine said she had one. I want right, to hear it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like cooking. I expect my husband to cook. But you know what? That's not his God-given talent. <laughs> so I can't expect that. I could barbecue. You could barbecue. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, no, that's joking. But anyway. It's truth. Um, it I could do truth. waffles. I could do cereal. I can do eggs. I could do bacon. I could do those. Uh, tomorrow morning. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, expectations is a heavy load um, to put on somebody again, because we're expecting them to be perfect in what we're expecting them to be doing for us. Um, Ultimately we are selfish people. We're, we're made of flesh and um, we're sinners. Um, And I have having expectations in humans is a bad bad in a sense, because it's like holding a a very heavy weight over their head with that specific expectation and or others. And when they don't meet it, you're basically dropping that expectation on their head. You're not only hurting them because of the weight of that expectation, but you're also hurting yourself because that expectation wasn't met for you. And we have to realize that God's working in our spouse And if he's working in our spouse, we have to trust the Lord with him. Um, And if it's an expectation that I'm wanting, I need to take that up with the Lord. And if it's something that the Lord wills in my life and in his life, he'll make it happen. It's not me holding it against my spouse. It's allowing the Lord to work not only within my husband, but within myself as well, because it could be totally off for us as a couple or me as an individual. And I have to trust that the Lord will know and understand that and provide it according to his will. It could be, it could be little things. It could be like, man, I I really expect my, my husband to get me flowers or I really expect my wife to have made it this way because I like things a certain way. And she knows that, but she, she did it a different way. It's, it's those things. And that is what causes division. It's, 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 you're expecting things from your, your spouse in a certain way. There's nothing wrong with communicating with your, your spouse, what you desire. 
There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having that conversation. What is wrong is having a fit because they didn't do what you expected. Do you understand? Communicated. It, yeah. that, that is where you're now controlling it. Right. And so this is talking about, no, you have to learn to let that go. Any thoughts, you guys? Well, I was going to say, I, I was going to take it a little bit different direction in the way of, you know, I was kind of like Christine where, I mean, I've, I'm a detail-oriented person. I'm I'm a software project manager. I've just always liked details. So I've done our finances for pretty much our whole marriage. There was a time where I would get a little frustrated that he wouldn't be more involved, but I wasn't saying, you know, what I needed. I wasn't communicating. But in learning just more about God made us differently for a reason. There's a reason there's two of us in a marriage. We can't both be exactly the same because then one would be redundant, right? So you know, he made me this way and we've connected where Bob has different strengths and talents than I do. And so I've really come to a more peaceful place of knowing that God made me the way I am because he chose to do that. Like he made all the choices. He doesn't make mistakes. And so just being able to find the way to communicate, like you were saying, is just saying, hey, I need you to at least come and talk to me about it like once a month or, you know, let's look at this you know, every so often together. And I'm happy to to take care of it because I do like the details. I do like making sure everything's like on track and it's just not his forte and letting him take care of the things that he likes to do. Like, I'll just say that, you know, I know Bob likes planning our vacations. He likes making sure we go make some memories and especially with Sammy these last few years. And so he does a really good job of like researching, finding the places to go. I mean, he talks to me about it, but he luckily takes care of that because he likes doing all that research. So that's kind of one, one of the things I see in that, you know, I just had to adjust my expectation. Like he's not going to be exactly like me and I'm not going to be exactly like him and that's okay. I, one of the, what I'm hearing too, is there's a lot of, um, we're bringing a lot of baggage into the marriage. And so the way that I was raised is different than the way that my spouse mm-hmm. was raised. And the way that my, what my spouse experienced and expected in that relationship with their parents is different than what I experienced with my parents. And then not only that, there's been, some of us are bringing really big baggage where we've been hurt a lot, where we're bringing bitterness and we're bringing pain into the marriage. And if we are reacting to what we are expecting from our spouse in a negative way, it's not going to fix the problem. But if we learn to communicate in a, in a proper light, this is what I understand. This is what I feel. This is what I think. And then allow the spouse to have freedom. Again, the key word, freedom, to be able to respond to that and not argue based off of it, but listen to him, listen to both sides, and then surrender it to God. The bottom line is we need to come to a, an agreement. We need to come to a compromise. Is, is, is the same thing we have in politics. It's not one side or the other. We need to come together in the middle. And we need to understand that through communication and get rid of that expectation. Just throw it out the way. I, I tell my daughters that defensive driving, when, when I was teaching them to drive or my son, always expect that someone's going to uh, come out in front of you. Always expect someone's going to run the red light. Always expect that they're going to try to cut you off or whatever it is. Someone's going to walk out in the middle of you. That's defensive driving. You're expecting that. Same thing with your spouse. Just know that your spouse is imperfect. Know that your spouse is going to say something that you don't like. Know that your spouse is going to mess up. Things are going to happen that you're not going to like. That's it. And now surrender to the Lord, 
bite your tongue and do not argue it. And now work through the equation, thrive in your moment, love them no matter what, and work through it and, 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 and make it healthy. If you're not doing that, it's not healthy. And so if you're a spouse right now and you're listening to this, share this with your spouse and, and have them listen to this and or at the same time, sit down with them and talk to them and say, hey, you know what, this is this is something that we've been doing that is unhealthy and let's change that. Let's let's communicate this. Let's stop trying to kill each other and let's just surrender to the Lord and go. So any thoughts? And then we'll uh, move on to the next one. I was just point. laughing because you got to be careful how you do that. Don't, don't send it to your spouse and say, you need to listen to this. <laughs> that's probably not going to work. Or listen to it together. Well. Stop yeah, and listen to it together. Better. Yeah. Something, something that I've learned, um, and I forgot who pointed it out to me, but it's been a long time. Um, First Corinthians 13 is the love chapter. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious. Is not boastful. Keeps no records of wrong. So my challenge to us is, Instead of the word love, put your name there. Is Christine patient? Is no. Christine kind? Oh, is she, she is easy. <laughs> <laughs> Does she keep records of my wrongs, Pete? Um, and so uh, on. Uh, you want me to answer that? No. <laughs> oh. And um, put yourself in the light of Christ through that through that section of uh, scripture. I believe it's verses four through seven. And then remember that the strongest of all of those is love. And without love, first off the love of Christ, you won't be able to emulate any of that first and foremost. So your relationship with Christ has to be strong enough so that those fruit are prevalent in your life. But again, if I'm responding to my husband in a situation and I'm angry and I'm upset, obviously that's not forgiveness that I'm showing or compassion or, or whatever. Love, yeah. or you know, love. I just thought of something that as you were saying that, and we're going to move on to the next point, but there's also a bad thing that can happen with relationship. If your relationship is, is abusive, if uh, verbally and physically abusive, that is not, you do not expect that. That is not healthy. Accept that. Accept that. Accept that. Not at all. And so- um, we're not talking about that. We're talking about normal arguments that are, that of relationships have. And, and, and bottom line is this, and, and we're going to get to this point a little bit more here in a second, but you got to humble yourself. If you're, your pride is what's doing it. I'm telling you straight up, the reason why you're having conflict is because you're prideful and you think that your way is better than their way. And maybe it is, but that's not God's way. And you need to find God's way. All right, let's move on to the next one. So good, Pete. Next thing we need to do in our marriage is to resist the enemy. Um, the source of all marital problems can be traced back to the Garden of Eden with creation's first married couple. Remember who those folks were? Yeah, Adam yeah. and Eve. Adam and Eve, oh. Genesis 1 and 2. Um, Satan seeks to mess with our minds, cause us to doubt God's power and his goodness, and to distract us from following Christ. This is Satan's disguise. He seeks to perpetrate selfish, uh, perpetrate selfish and independent attitudes in man and woman. He seeks to corrupt us through our thinking to get us to exalt ourselves through selfishness and independent actions and attitude. There it goes back to humility again. Yeah, James 4, 7 says, resist the devil and he will flee from us. Second Corinthians 10, 3 through 5 says, for though we lived in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish, demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought that it make it obedient to Christ. 
So what are we saying? <clears throat> We're saying that your marriage is under attack, period. And, and Satan, as we said at the very beginning, desires that your marriage fail. And if you are focused on your problems because of your pride, because of your selfishness, because you think that your, your poop smells better than their poop, I'm just calling it what it is. That's what it is. It's crap. It is. And if you're, I'm serious, if you're fighting with your spouse is because you're full of it. And, and I'm just calling it what it is. And we have to humble ourselves. We have to rebuke Satan. We have to tell him, get behind me. If, if, if there's a fight, you need to stop, stop it. You need to take it before the Lord. You need to shut your mouth and, and be still in his presence and, and take this seriously and, and basically call it out. And if it's happening, you need to call it out and say, hey, Satan, shut up. You don't have any right here. I'm not going to give in to this. I do not want to give Satan a foothold. And, and that's the bottom line, period. I don't know. Thoughts? Anyone? It always comes back to selfishness. You're absolutely right. If you're, if you're in a fight with your spouse, you're being selfish. I guarantee it. Now you're going to be, you know, people want to point their finger. Well, my spouse is being selfish too. Yeah. So what? You're being selfish because if you weren't being selfish, you wouldn't be in the fight. You'd be elevating your spouse. No, it's I'm, like 100% of the time you're being selfish. I, I'm telling you, if you humble yourself and let your spouse be right, and it sucks and it's hard to do. Okay? <laughs> I don't win. We're gonna, I'm telling you straight up, but I promise you there's going to be peace. 100%. I promise you. Yeah. And I promise you over time, your spouse will reciprocate that to you. I guarantee it. It, I've tested this. I've tested this. It's okay. <laughs> Humble yourself. Don't give Satan the foothold. Don't do it. All right, let's move because we're running out of time. Let's go All on right. to the next one. Um, where are we at? <clears throat> Statement seven? Yeah. Spiritual war for our marriages is won or lost in the battlefield of the mind. Until a person recognizes this and begins to take steps to resist the enemy, all other efforts to win the battle are futile. The Apostle John tells us, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And that's first John four, four. Again, it's, it's just know that if you're fighting, it's a spiritual warfare. Okay. Period. If you're fighting, it's spiritual. It's, it's a battle of the flesh. It's a battle of your, your will against their will. And Satan is winning. Get it. Just get it in your head. Stop it. Don't give him a foothold. Just give it over to the Lord. All right. Let's go to the next one, Bob. All right. Next thing we can do is focus on changing yourself, not your spouse. Most bing, 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 important bing. Yeah. one. Let's <laughs> go. <laughs> right. One of you ladies want to read eight. Okay. But if he, if he would just change, then I'd feel so much more loved. Wives often would say similarly, Husbands say, if she would change, then I'd be happy. We believe that there are a few things more harmful to a relationship than pressuring your spouse to change according to what you want or feel. This kind of thinking just doesn't work for two reasons. First, because you can't change someone else, you can only change yourself. And secondly, trying to change your spouse will create tension in your relationship and actually discourage him or her from changing. And besides, even if your spouse did change, he or she wouldn't feel very good about the relationship until you made some changes yeah. yourself. Oh, okay. <laughs> good. You know, Matthew 6, 33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Christine, could you give an illustration of our marriage of when we tried to change ourselves and we had to learn about that? <laughs> You have anything or do you want me to talk? I think that was the time where I really wanted to buy, you know, those super big 
boxing gloves and just have a boxing match with my husband. Oh, man. <laughs> but then I realized, no, you, know, you need to do that. You know, he used to be a pitcher. So one little Man. bunk with that oh. big glove might toss me across the floor. Why don't we get him the big glove and get you a boxing glove? <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Again, it, it's it, it's kind of all tied in together because if I'm expecting something from my husband and I'm not doing it myself, what good am I? I I'm just being hypocritical. So if, for instance, um, <laughs> he was raised, um, boy, brothers, they're all boys and boys aren't always clean. So when we got married, stuff was all over and it used to drive me insane. Why can't you just fold your pants and put them back in your drawer? I do now. Why can't you just <laughs> hang your shirt back up on the hanger? Why can't you do this? Why can't you do that? But yet here I was getting undressed and tossing things on the floor in my closet. At least they were out of the way. They weren't laying all over the bedroom. I was fine with that. You know, there's, there's compromise there, but it was still driving me nuts. And the Lord says, Christine, you're just being a hypocrite right there. You're asking your husband to do something when you're not doing it yourself. What good are you? <laughs> so I was like, Oh, okay, Lord. I think, I think the bottom line here is, is spiritual. Mm -hmm. And if you're not having quiet time with God daily, um, you're do not expect to see a transformation in your spouse nor yourself. And um, it, I think that a lot of times we read our Bibles and we listen to podcasts and we listen to messages and we get all this knowledge into us, um, but we really never spend time with the Lord and listen. And, and if we are not doing that, then how in the world do you expect to love your spouse? Mm -hmm. How in the world do you expect to listen to them and to come alongside of them? It's I, every, and listen, I've, I've done a lot of marriage counseling over the years, lots, lot too many to count. And every single marriage counseling I've been to, it's always been, he does this, she does that. And that is the relationship. And a lot of these counselors, when they listen to that, okay, well, express why you feel. Okay. And how do you feel? And let's work together on this. And, and that maybe that works a little bit, but here's the truth. The first thing that I say to these people, first and foremost, are you willing to surrender your life to Jesus? Are you willing to not say another bad word about your wife, your, your spouse? And are you willing to just draw near to God? And if they say no, then I say, I can't help you. But if they say, yes, I'm willing to surrender my life to God and I'm willing to draw near to him and have a relationship with him and not talk bad about my spouse at all. All right, we can work together. And I promise you, we will figure out a way to find harmony within the marriage because through that ministry, through their relationship with God, they will slowly start seeing things. Bob, no, that's really good. Again, I, we we talked about it earlier. If you don't have, if we don't have Jesus at the center of the marriage, then there, it's just not going to work. You know, it, we become selfish very, very quickly if we don't have our, the right focus. It's the same thing with. I've had many people have asked me to marry them, and I always tell them. I I say the same things. One person asked me to marry them, and it, they were getting married that Sunday or something yeah. like, and it was like a Monday or Tuesday. Right. 
And I was like, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not going to marry you. They're like, what? I've been in part of your church for so long. And da, 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 da. why are you going to marry me? I says, well, because I don't do that. If I'm, if I'm going to marry you, I'm going to make sure that I did my part, right. That we go through a, a, a tedious, you know, preparation time to make sure that we're all on the same page and that we know what the purposes of a marriage is and to understand the relationship and everything else. And it's just, I won't just marry anybody. It's the same thing with, 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 with counseling, with, with marriage counseling or spouses. You have to, there's a, there's a right way of doing it and a wrong way. And if you're not committed to surrendering to the Lord, and if you're not committed to work on yourself first, then you're not, there's not, there's no hope here. It's not going to work anyway. It's not. Same thing within marriage. All right. So let's move on because we're, we're way quick. All right. Number nine, real quick. Decide what specific changes need to be made in your life so that you can become a better marriage partner. Identify unhealthy patterns of behavior and decide what you can do to change those patterns. Amen. The Bible is clear that while God loves us just the way we are, he loves us too much to leave us that way. Amen. One of his greatest desires for us is our spiritual growth and maturity to conform us to the image of his son. Romans 8, 29. I know. I mean, girls, any thoughts on that? Or, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, there's so many unhealthy patterns in all of us. Is there, I mean, any unhealthy patterns right now that you know of your own life? <laughs> I'm not selfish. <laughs> Tell us about yourself. I'm not prideful. No. Uh-uh. I don't want things my own way. <laughs> Never. But isn't that a good statement? It is. I mean, to be able to be honest like that. I think, I think we have to realize as an individual, um, speaking for myself, uh, I'm a flawed individual. I'm not perfect. (laughs) Never will be either. Um, and I do have my flaws and I don't often like to share them or express them with my husband because sometimes I feel that if I'm going to be vulnerable in this way and I'm being vulnerable to everybody right now, um, he's going to hold it over me Yeah, because that's, that's past. That's what he used to do. And I haven't fully surrendered that part of it over to Christ yet and to trust him. Okay. If I tell him this, he's going to react in this way. And then I'm just going to get hurt again. So what's the point of saying it? But in reality is, is our communication. Um, we talk a lot and we talk a, a lot about a lot of things, um, and deep things, um, and hurtful things. Uh, marriage isn't an easy thing. It's a daily and always working at it. And if I'm not willing to surrender those things first over to Christ, and then trust that my husband will take those issues and those thoughts and those concerns that I have and he actually hear me on them and respond in a way that Christ would respond, then I'm only doing disharm to myself and to my marriage. I, you know, and it's something you said is, is listen, spouses, if you're listening to this, if your spouse, your spouse should feel free to tell you anything. If you're a husband and you had an affair, you need to humble yourself and come to your wife. If you're addicted to porn, you need to be able to humble yourself and come to your wife. And wives, you do not overreact. You do not lose your marbles. You you listen and you hear and you hurt inside and you work it together and you surrender it to God and you pray together and you work it out. You don't just quit. You don't just do that. That's the problem. Spouses, uh, I mean, wives, if you did something, you, you spent money, you went somewhere, I don't know, <clears throat> you had an affair, whatever that is, you need to humble yourself. You want to have, the reason why a lot of these marriages are hurting is because one is sinning and, and they're afraid to talk to their spouse. 
They're afraid to let it go. They're afraid to be humble in their spouse's presence. And the reason being is because you're trying to control it. You're not trusting God. And if you truly want to have health in your marriage, you truly want to be, uh, have a healthy marriage, you have to have that freedom to talk to each other. And so my wife and I have that freedom. She can tell me everything, and I've made a pack in my life not to overreact. I want to, but I've made it where I'm not going to overreact, and it goes both ways. If we overreact, what Christine just said is what happens. And she shuts down, I shuts down, and that is not a healthy marriage. And it's not resolved. It's left unresolved. And that hurt just builds up even more until one day the volcano erupts and there's no going back after that. If you're hearing this, people listen to this. And I know this is hard. And if there's something that's in your, uh, that you're doing or something that is happening in your relationship, you got to come to terms with this. And if their spouse does overreact, that's okay. You did your part. You surrendered it to the God, to God, and you surrendered your life to him and you trust him and you know that he will work all things together because you're being obedient to him first. Exactly. And then pray that your spouse would hear and listen and, and help restore. And it might, sometimes it might be best to, to bring a friend with you. It might be a best to, to bring somebody that's uh, that, that, you know, both sides. Party. Yeah. Neutral party to help walk you through it, to help counsel through it. And so, but that, this is a big deal. All right. So we're like way behind. Let's right. go ahead and move this to the next one. Yeah. This one's good. I mean, th- this one took me a while to, to really understand, I think Pete, because I thought, well, let me read it to you. It says the next thing we can do is meet your spouse's most important emotional needs. And I think for for many years, I thought, well, her most important emotional need is my most important emotional need. And guess what? That's not true. No. Nope. <laughs> so it's really important to find out what, what your spouse needs and, and meet that, meet that need. So statement number 10 says, as human beings, we are incredibly intricate and complex, uh, emotional. I didn't say that right. That's complex okay. of emotional needs that must be satisfied. These needs include our needs for attention, respect, appreciation, approval, sexual fulfillment, support, comfort, security, etc., and determine our sense of emotional well-being. In marriage, our emotional needs were, were meant to be met by both our relationship with God and through our relationship with our spouse. That's precisely what God intended marriage to be, a commitment, intimate relationship that provides a supply of love to meet one another's most important emotional need. To build a satisfying and lasting marriage, you and your you and your mate must commit to meet each other's physical and emotional needs. Ladies, you honestly want to speak to that? Any thoughts? My wife, and she'll correct me if I'm wrong, because she's not afraid to do that, which I love about her. Oh, and, and before I even get to that, as we're digging through all these things, man, I realized, Crystal, that, man, I brought a lot more baggage into this marriage than you did. <laughs> And there's a lot of reasons for that. I was 12 years older and uh, had uh, had other relationships before. And uh, man, so I, I just I need to be I needed to be conscious of that um, at, at going forward. But I know for my wife, her biggest emotional need is security. She needs to feel she needs to feel safe. She needs to feel secure. You know, and that could be financially, it could mean, it could be physically, you know, she needs to live in a nice, you know, a place that she feels safe, you know, and and things like that. Those are really, really important to her. If she doesn't have those, she can't, she 
can't be comfortable. She can't be comfortable in those other things um, that we that just list. There's a there's a really good list of things there that are all important, but for each of us, certain ones are more important than others. And I can tell you. So where's that list again? I'll find it. So uh, our needs for our need for attention, respect, appreciation, approval. Da 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 da. I can tell you. For me, the most important thing is respect and appreciation. If that's my emotional need. If Every guy's if emotional need. If I don't, yeah, I mean, maybe it's because I'm insecure. I don't no. know. No. But if I don't feel respected or appreciated, then things go downhill quickly. It's a man thing because it's just a man thing, okay. right? Because the same thing with me. If if I don't feel secure and safe, then I'm doubting yep. and I'm it's questioning, yep. and that's just how we were wired and how mm-hmm. you are. You guys are wired too because if I'm not honoring and I'm not respecting my husband, um, knowing that he's the head of the household, then it's going to question him. Well, it's going to make him question himself and the ability of his leader, his leadership within our household. And if I'm not doing my part there, which I don't do often, um, I need to work on that. Right. You're saying it, man. I'm just letting (laughs) you go. You keep talking. Personally, honestly, I take him for granted because he's so stable, because he's so he's such a leader of this family that, you know, okay, well, he'll just take care of it. I don't have to worry about it. And in reality is, is I need to be saying, you know, thank you for doing that. Thank you for sharing that. Or thank you for going out of your way to do the dishes with me tonight. You know, the little things matter a lot. And, and we, as women need to appreciate our husbands when they do those little things, because those are the little things are the things we really want them to be doing with us. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was going to say, we got to use the word. So it kind of, it makes me think of the five love languages. Right. Exactly. So I feel like I respect my husband, but I know I don't say it enough, <laughs> you know, because his love language is words of affection is, is words where mine's more physical, like togetherness, like I need more quality time. I forget what they call it in the book, Gary Chapman's book. Um, I started reading but, that again, by the way. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> I need to read, read it too. I've, I've seen different parts of it, but to your point, it's like, yes, you appreciate all of those things, but if you don't say it, then because he's, he's, that's what he craves is the words. He doesn't feel as fulfilled as he should, you know, because I'm not saying it enough. Yeah, I mean, when a when a, um, you know, us guys, the way that we would respond to something like, you know, what are we going to do about it? I don't know. We'll figure it out. And the spouse is like, wait, no, we're not just going to figure it out. We need to know what we're going to do about it. That's the security part. So we are we're very flippant. Oh, we got to do this is going to change our lives in 10 days or whatever. Like, well, okay, whatever. And the wife's like, no, it's a big deal. We're like it's no big deal, you know, and for us, it's just nothing, but they want to know. And so we have to humble ourselves and to do that. And as far as respect and, and honor, it's the way that wives can respect is, is really listening to their husband. If the husband is being a spiritual leader of the household, then their responsibility is to lead the household. And if the spouse is not adhering to how the husband is leading the household, then that is a lack of respect. And if the husband says that, hey, you know, it's really good that we be reading your Bible and we really need, you know, as a family, let's make this decision and so forth. And the spouse just goes on, ah, no big deal and, and, and just does her own thing. It doesn't even adhere to it. That is a lack of respect. It's not a matter of saying something. It's a matter of actually doing and following the leadership of the actual 
of the spouse. And that goes for both sides. I mean, if the if there's um, if there's communication within the spouse and and they're talking and one spouse is listening and the other spouse isn't or or they agree upon something, and then one of the spouses just goes and does something completely different without communicating. That is a lack of respect. That's a lack of honor within the relationship. There is going to be fighting because of that. And, and so if that does happen, that's one of the things that happens a lot with Christina and I. So I will share something with her. And, and again, not to knock on her, but this is just to illustrate a point. To, I will share something with her and then she will listen to me. And, and one of her non-habits is to communicate back to me that she has a better idea. And, and I'm just going to be honest. She has better ideas all the time. Perfect example. I was doing this day quilt the other day and I'm trying to cut this thing open and I cut it up from the backside. And then I say, honey, could you cut it open this time? And she cuts it and she turns it over so she can actually see the day quilt as she cuts. Oh, that's a great idea. So, I mean, she naturally just thinks logically more often. And so if we're having this conversation to do that, but what happens in our relationship and a lack of respect that I feel is that she'll take it and then she'll do her own thing. She never wants to communicate with me. I had no idea. I thought we were doing it this way, right? That is, that is, uh, happens to every, every relationship and everything. And so it's, it's wise for us to just humble ourselves, find the habit to communicate, to know what our emotional needs are, and then to meet them. Christine, do you want to talk to that? Give you the last word on that one? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like, I feel like Dory, because I've had to learn, here's an analogy. Pete likes to be very, very detailed and very specific about things. And while he's speaking, I'm thinking, okay, well, that's a good idea. Oh, I see. I can do it this way. Ooh, I could also do it this way in my mind. And, and I'm thinking out this whole process while he's talking about what I need to be doing or what he's asking me to do. And I'm like, okay. And then boom, I'll go and I'll do it the way I think it needs to be done in reality is he was asking me to do it a certain way because that's the way his mind thinks and that's the way it's expressed and it's uh, yeah i don't know what i'm saying i know what you're saying um it's blue and i'm pink and <clears throat> so in order for me to do it and comprehend it i've had to link i've had to learn to think um because he's so abstract of a thinker and a deep thinker, I've had to come to terms like, okay, well, I have to figure out how he truly is thinking and paint the picture so that I can actually accomplish what he is asking me to do. But oftentimes, instead of sitting there actually listening to the specifics he's telling me, which I would get right away, instead of having to go figure it out myself, I sit there and think of, oh, I could do it a better way. But in reality, I need to sit myself down inside, stop my mental thinking while he's speaking to me and actually listen and understand him and then accomplish what he's asking. I've come to terms and accepted that she's more brilliant than I am. I, I have no I'm we not. A, I, I am completely fine with that. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I get that she has better ways of doing things. And, and I would say most wives, spouses do. Women just are in on that stuff. Um, but at the same time, we have conversations and communication so that we become like-minded in our one. And if one side is doing things their way without the other side knowing what's going on, when there's already been conversation, 
that is a lack of respect. And it goes both ways. This is not just wife and husband, husband and wife. This is it's just something that is why a lot of communication, a lot of marriages have problems and are that. All right, we got to move on. Any other thoughts? Crystal, last thought, any word? Okay. Bob, any thoughts? Nope, I'm good. All right, who wants to read number statement 11? Success in love is not about waiting to act until you feel like loving your spouse. Instead, even when you may not feel like it, when you reach out to your spouse with caring actions that meet his or her most important emotional need, it will trigger the feeling of love in your spouse and hence build a cycle of love. So we use the communication and the respect and the security as our example. So, so with this statement, if you humbled yourself and said, you know what, honey, what were you wanting me to do again? And then here's my idea again. And then we had a discussion and then you went ahead and did it. That would make me feel that uh, like respected. And at the same time, you would feel secure because now you gave your opinion, you have your thoughts and now you're, you're doing it accordingly. Any other thoughts mm -hmm. to that? No. Yeah. I just, I like the practical tips that, that we kind of lay out here is just about saying, I love you every day or always kissing each other and making time for intimacy, be being lighthearted and laughing together or going out on weekly dates. Sometimes you, you have to make an appointment if you will, like just, you know, it just, it's so easy to fall into a rut when you've been with someone for a long time. I know this has happened a couple of times with us where we're like, okay, let's, we tried out one time, I think it was uh, hugging for like 30 seconds and you're thinking, oh, that's not that long, but you do it. And you're like, oh my gosh, like I realized we have not been hugging for very long, right? And it, it, and it helped, it really did help. I thought it helped. I don't know about you, Bob, but. <laughs> I'm all for 30 second hugs. Okay. <laughs> I'm in, hey I'm in favor. I'm in favor. 35 seconds is pushing it though. <laughs> but sometimes even when you don't feel like it, you got to think of ways to put and then put that into your routine, your weekly routine, whatever, your daily routine. And that'll help build things back up based on, I mean, it could be for many reasons that you're in that place of not feeling it. So I'm going to take it a next step further. So we kissing is a big, we have issues on kissing every day. We, we do, we're doing it on oh, not you as much. <laughs> I don't know why it's just not something I'm thinking about doing all the time, but here's something that you do need to do. Spouses need to touch each other. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking like touch each other and, and touch like arousal touch, you know, and it doesn't mean you're gonna have to have sex, but I'm telling you, it helps build the bond within the marriage. It really does. And, and after 29 years of marriage with us, Christine and I, we're still touching each other. We're still hugging on each other. We're still loving on each other. And uh, we laugh at each other constantly. I mean, our kids would walk by our room and just go, what are you guys doing? We just have fun. And, and we've learned to, to be together and laugh together. And we date every week, every week without fail. We are dating each other. And, and we go out to do that. So it's, it's really good, Crystal, bringing that up. Bob? That is good. What are you doing Friday night? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Would you I go don't... out with me on Friday night? Sure. Okay. Aww, <laughs> how cute. All right, let's finish. Hey, wait, 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 wait. Women, if your husband leaves in the morning, make sure you give him a big sloppy kiss before he walks out that's that right. door. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing is if you want your husband to continue to love you, spouse, because they're physical, you need to look nice. I'm telling you, if you're going out on a date, look pretty. Because if you don't look pretty, there's going to be a girl there that's going to look pretty. And the last thing you want is for that guy to look at that girl because he's a physical guy. He looks at things and he sees things. Make yourself look pretty. Make yourself presentable. Guys, same thing. 
make yourself, you know, look. And if you're a slob, stop being a slob. Get off <laughs> the couch. Good, right, I'm telling <laughs> Take you. Take a shower and shave, please. Listen, these are practical <laughs> things because you mm-hmm. want to have integrity. And you want to have yourself come out with your best foot. So, I mean, flirt with each other. Right. If you don't flirt with your spouse, someone else might. If you're not doing, I, 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 my thing is I'm going to be the very best guy that she would ever meet. I'm going to tell her things. I'm going to love her. I'm going to do everything that no guy can ever compete with me because I'm doing it the most. Not even Marky Mark. No, <laughs> but that's the point. Same thing with your spouse. If you want your husband to be loved, overly love him, overly value him, overly do that so that no girl could ever compete with you. And I mean, think about it. this is common sense, right? All right. That's last good last advice. That is good advice. All right. Last one. Let's get on and we'll finish this up right here. All right. Last big one. Last thing we recommend is that if your marriage is, is really bad, it's in, it's in rough shape. You know, it's in rough shape. You need to seek immediate help. Yeah, that's 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 the truth. The, the complexity, stress and pain of marriage crisis often handicaps a couple's ability to resourcefully resolve problems on their own. For several reasons, it is important to get help as soon as possible after you realize that your marriage is in crisis. First of all, so that the further damage can be controlled and a marriage crisis can be negative domino effect and intervention is a common requirement in order to alter the negative course. Secondly, because the marriage crisis puts your relationship in a very vulnerable position and it's okay to have help from an outside unbiased counselor. So what we kind of want to do is is kind of lay out four different ways to how to look for a counselor. We understand that if you're listening to this, you might have a husband or a spouse that's an alcoholic, a drug addict. They might be openly having sex with other people constantly or or they've come are abusive. They've come from back issues that have just been horrible and they've caused damage within the relationship that's almost unbearable and whatever I'm trying to say, unrepairable. Um, and if you if you are in that, you do need outside help. But here's what you need to look for. Okay, so here's here's the professional. Let's all take one of these, Christine. You could take the first one. If you're looking for outside help, this is what you're looking for. So if you guys are listening, write this down. If this is you, okay. So make sure your counselor is a Christian marriage counselor and has received specific training, biblical, pastoral, and or marital training. Key, key. Yes. Make sure they're, they're, the counselor is biblical, pastoral, and then marital training. Okay, go for it. Make sure your counselor has experience in marital counseling. Marriage counselors should possess the skill to help people overcome the differences that naturally occur when two people live under the same roof. They need to know biblical truth and have a thorough understanding of God's design of marriage in order to help you restore your marriage. Very key. Crystal. All right. Make sure you and your partner and your marriage counselor set concrete goals early on. If you don't, you will probably meet each week with no clear direction. What is so the bottom line is what is why why are you coming to marriage counseling? What what do you want to achieve in this marriage counseling? You need to have that conclusion. And if it's oh, so my spouse and I can can, you know, communicate better. We stop fighting or we stop with whatever the addiction that is, then we've missed the point. But if the point is we want to know Jesus more and we want our marriage healed spiritually and we want to be reconciled spiritually, then you got the right answer. And if you're coming to the marriage counseling with that understanding, then the addiction will go away of over time, the, the hardship and the, all of that, because Jesus will be the one that's healing you. Bob, I'm going to do number three. Sure. 
Know that most marital problems are solvable. Don't let any marriage counselor tell you that change is impossible. Human beings are amazing. They are capable, especially with God's help, of making significant and lasting changes, especially for people they love. Most of all, trust your instincts. If your counselor is helping, you'll know it. If he or she isn't, you'll know that as well. Don't stay with a counselor who is just helping you tread water. Find one who will help you swim and reach the shore. Very key. And that would you'll know this right after the first two or three meetings. You can you can tell if this counselor is going to get you to the finish line. And so if the finish line is that you're going to know Jesus more and then and you're going to see your spouse through God's eyes, you're in the right place. Bottom line, if you're if your counselor is just saying, you know, you know, boys act this way and girls act this way and you have to figure it out, then you're, you're missing the mark. That's not going to heal you. What's going to heal you is Jesus, the redemptive blood of Jesus. That's what's going to heal you. That's what's going to save your marriage. And that's the bottom line. So finally, the best way to find a good Christian marriage counselor is word of mouth. Satisfied customers say a lot about the kind of marriage counseling you will receive. And you don't feel embarrassed about it. If, you're, if your friends have gone through it and you know about it, ask them. Um, you know, let people know that, hey, we're, we need some help. Anybody out there have a really good Christian marriage, marriage counselor? And then ask them the hard questions. Did they, did they help you get closer to the Lord? You know, did they, did they help you understand that God is the only way that we're going to get through this? And if they say that, I promise you there's hope in that. And, and I have been witness to many marriages that have given their life completely to God and been restored and been reconciled that were completely, they were separated for a year and they came back together and were able to be restored and their marriage is happier and better now. And it's, and again, it comes to both sides, humbling themselves. It comes to do, dealing with the points that we talked about today and, um, and, and, and just really just saying, God, I need you. We need you, Lord. We're desperate. Lord, have mercy on me. All right. So with that said, I know that there might be some here to that are maybe don't know the Lord. Maybe you're sitting here saying my marriage is messed up. And I don't know Jesus. And the reason why it's messed up is because I've been living my life my way for so long. And, and if that is you, you can change that today. You can surrender your life to the Lord. You can humble your heart and say, God, forgive me. Forgive me of my past ways. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of doing things my way. And Lord, I want you today choose to do it your way. I want to, I want to love my spouse the way that you desire me to love them. I want to surrender and pray for my spouse the way that you desire to, and for me to pray for them. And I want to have a healthy relationship. And Lord, and, and in your life, in your mind, in your heart, you just say, God, forgive me of my sins. Lord, I, I repent of doing it my way. I, I believe in your son. I believe that he died and rose again on the third day. I believe that he did that so that I can have freedom in my life, that I can be set free from the bondages of sin, that I can live a victorious life in, 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 in a way that's pleasing to God. And, and if, you're, if you're listening to this and you're saying that in your heart and you're praying this in your heart, God is hearing you in heaven. The Bible tells us that all the angels in heaven are rejoicing right now. And if you did do uh, give your life to the Lord, go and tell your spouse. Not only tell your spouse, go and tell your friends, go and call your mom and dad, go and call your brothers and sisters. Let everybody know that you gave your life to the Lord. Share this truth. Give yourself an accountability partner immediately. 
You know, the Bible says if you confess before man, uh, then God and God in heaven will confess you before his father. If you deny before man, he will deny you before his father. And so if you want God to sing your praises, you need to just be bold and say, God has saved me. He has set me free. And um, and then get involved with the church or something. Bob, you want to tell them how we can help them with that? Yeah, I mean, you can go to our website at the riotpodcast.co. We have resources there. And uh, hey, if you're watching me talk to you right now, it means you're on YouTube. Do me a favor, click that subscribe button, hit that bell so it rings every time you get a new, uh, we get a new podcast released. And uh, that would be just a lot of help for us. If you're listening to us, whether it's, uh, you know, I don't know, P1 or there's like Stitcher and Spotify and all those all those yeah. things that are in the news. Apple but if you're just listening to a podcast, regardless of where you get it to, uh, would you check out our Facebook page? Head over there, share it with a friend, comment, tell us where you're listening to us from. You know, it's Valentine's Day. So, you know, put some hearts and roses in the comments. Pete would really like that. He likes those flowery kind of things. <laughs> This has been, guys, Pete, I'm not, this is the best show we've ever done. You know why? Because my here. favorite person in the world oh, is on this show. That's so awesome. what a joy it's been to have my beautiful wife on the show. Christine, hey, it, it's Christine. always wonderful to have you on the show as well. But ladies, I want to give you the final word. Anything you would like to say to our, our audience before we sign off today? First of all, just thanks for having me on. I was, I was really happy to be here with you guys. And, uh, you know, just. I would say the one thing I'll share is, is talk to each other and try to, to just do your best to, to express yourself without being crazy about it. But just know that if you can share your heart with your significant other, then you've got the right one. Even if you've got problems, which of course we all have problems. We're not, we're all not perfect, but do your best to find someone you can really share your heart with and and Hmm. be your best friend. That's good. Uh, first off, fight for your marriage because it's worth fighting for. Amen. And second, uh, during those trials and tribulations, count it all joy because it's just building your faith in your testimony. And third, get behind the Satan because you yeah. have no structure in <laughs> yeah. this marriage. That's right. That's, That's so good. Good man. That's so good. <laughs> we could take a few weeks off. Let's just let them do this. I'm kidding. I'm all right with it. Solid. That is really good. Yeah. Well, humble yourself. Seek Jesus. That, that's what those are my final would, two points. I would say listen to this show a couple of times at, and just take notes because there is a lot of fruit here and that you can take from it. And then just, you know, try to adhere to what's been said. I mean, your hair, your marriage would get healthy. Bottom line is you got to humble yourself. If you're not, if you're listening to this and you're staying prideful, it's just, you're not, there's no fix here. That's right. All right. Be blessed. Have an amazing week, guys. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. This has been the Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of the Riot Podcast.